0: This is Meg Tilton at the ACAL Life, episode number 75 of Vibrant Life, my interview with Charity Lighten. This is the ACAL Life, a place where LDS women, and really any woman, can come to learn how every aspect of their life is beautiful and has purpose, a place to help you realize how important you are, and that this place we call Earth just wouldn't be the same without you. So sit back and take a breather in that unfolded laundry, and let's chat for a moment about your amazing life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast today. It is a new year. It is the first podcast of 2019, unless you listened to a cup of Joel yesterday. (laughs) Um, so I'm excited that you're here. I'm excited for the things that 2019 or go- is going to bring. It's already brought me this awesome cold, um, which I'm getting over. It actually brought it to me a little bit early as a Christmas present. So anyway, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that <laughs> anyway, so I am super excited to kick off 2019 and be able to continue sharing this podcast with each of you. I reached my goal. You guys helped me reach my goal. And I just want to say thank you because have you ever heard how people choose a word every year to kind of dictate their year? Well, my word this year is gratitude. And I kind of came to this word for because of a lot of different reasons. Um, first and foremost, because I don't think I am grateful enough in my life And so I definitely think that that's something that I need to work on. And um, I kind of noticed that people just don't say thank you or appreciate the things that others do enough. And I think that, you know, in order to change the world in that way, the only person I can change, right, is me. And so... um, Anyway, so I am just grateful to each of you for helping me reach my goal of getting 30 reviews on my podcast, which in the podcast world is super tiny, but still, we got there and I couldn't have done it without you because I can't write my own reviews. I guess I could, but that would be kind of lame. So, (laughs) anyway, I'm super grateful for everyone who went and gave me a rating or wrote me a review. You guys are awesome. So now I have a new goal for 2019, could we get it to 90? Oh my gosh, that's such a big jump, right? So that's like double. So if you have not written a review or not left me a rating, jump on over there because now you have no excuses. You're not trying to wrap presents. You're not running around like a chicken with its head cut off like I was, if you're anything like me before Christmas. And so we're into the doldrums of winter, January and February, and the beginning of March. And so when you're sitting on your couch, open up that laptop and write me a review. I'd really, really appreciate it. Um, I am especially excited for today's podcast because I have a great, great interview to share with you. I did this interview back in November and... I just recently, this last week, went and edited it, and I kind of like to do that because I kind of like separating myself a little bit from when I initially do the interview because I have a lot of thoughts and things surrounding the interview at the time, and then I like to step away from it and then come back and revisit it. And this interview was great when I did it. I remember it being great, but I loved it a hundred times more when I went back and re-listened to it. And it is a perfect interview for the new year. I interviewed Charity Lighton. She is somebody that I do not know personally, but I wish I did. I wish she was my neighbor because she has lots of amazing gifts that I can just tell. One of her gifts is that she makes amazing sourdough bread. And she talks about it in the interview, how she likes to make that bread, not only for her family, but also to be able to share with others. And she talks about the power of the loaf of bread. And so you need to really listen just for that. I mean, it's just amazing. But outside of making awesome-looking sourdough bread, she is probably one of the most positive, happy, cheerful people that I've come across. And I only know her through social media. I don't know her, obviously, in real life. Although I've asked her if she'll go to lunch with me if I'm ever out in Utah, and she said yes, so I'm totally taking her up on that at some point but she has some difficult circumstances in her life and yet she chooses to be happy every day and i know it's not always happy i know it's not always roses um but she has incredible resilience and just such a great attitude and i'm so excited for you each to listen to that and feel that and I, She gives so many great gems of wisdom in this, and I cannot wait for you to hear that. Um, so have a listen, and be uplifted, and know that 2019 is your year, and that you have the power to make it whatever you want. You are the one that's in control of that, and that is the best news I could ever give you. And so, please enjoy this interview with Charity Lighten. So, today, my guest is Charity Lighten. Welcome to the podcast, Charity. Thank you. I'm so excited to chat with you today. I am so excited that you're here. You are somebody that I have admired on the internet for quite a while, and I think you're an amazing person. So, I want you to start off today by introducing yourself to my listeners. Tell them just a little bit about yourself, some things about your family, things you like and dislike, where you're from, et cetera, so they can get to okay. know you a little better. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, that's easy. So I grew up in Canada. Um, and when I was 18, I decided to venture out on my own and go to university. Um, that's how you know, by the way, an American and a Canadian. Like a Canadian yes. will say they're going to university and <laughs> an Americans will say that they're that they're going to college. Um, right. So... So I left home. I I moved to a new country, a new state, which happened to be Utah. Mm-hmm. And um I married an American mm-hmm. and we had baby 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 baby. So I've got two boys, two girls. I did eventually actually become an American citizen, but mm-hmm. if I'm being totally honest, it was um 100% because I wanted to get on the show Survivor and you have to be an American. Really? <laughs> oh, that's so that's, interesting. So <laughs> that dream has been put on hold, but it will. Some I will reapply soon, hopefully. <laughs> um, so I, I don't watch a lot of TV, but Survivor is absolutely. You can find my family. We watch Survivor and we mm-hmm. watch um, football. So those are kind of our two things. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as things that I like to do, I... I love to travel. I'll tell you a little bit more about my my story with my husband, but travel has been our has been our just um, our outlet. So mm-hmm. I love to travel. I love making bread. I kind of I'm I, I kind of am like a type A left brained personality. Like mm-hmm. my first degree was in accounting. I like numbers and math and science and thought I was like man I don't have any like creative outlets at all and realized no it's food food Mm -hmm. and bread are like my creative outlet so Mm -hmm. um so that's that yeah that's a little bit about my likes um and then in terms of like what I'm doing I I do a healthy food blog kind of mostly just on Instagram um I'm the co-founder of a company called silver firm brand where i get to kind of pursue my passion of gut health which is what i did my thesis on Mm -hmm. and then i'm um currently writing a book which we won't talk about much today but maybe someday when the book is done i can be like okay it's done yes definitely Um, yeah and then and then getting into public speaking and, and a few other little endeavors so yeah that's a little bit about me
0: all right awesome so i'm basically interviewing a future celebrity because you're going to be on survivor (laughs) yes someday (laughs) that's awesome and i love that you're canadian because i always tell my husband i should have been canadian i'm secretly a canadian wannabe because i love the snow and i love the cold and the dark and I know I'm different that way. I know a lot of people um, don't. Agree- yeah.
1: Those are not the things that I love. I'm like, I told my husband, I said, I think I was supposed to be born in the South. I don't even know why. I'm like, I'm I supposed to be a Southern girl.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. One of my best friends yeah. is Canadian. So I, she's now an American citizen oh, as well. Awesome. But yes. So.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So you kind of gave a little bit of an introduction into what you've kind of become known for and what your passions are. And one of those things is healthy eating and approaching uh, eating from a healthy standpoint and teaching others how to have a healthier lifestyle. So I would love for you to tell us how you kind of decided to get into this, like what really provoked that interest in healthy eating and what were some maybe pivotal points that led you in that direction?
1: Yeah. So for me, when I look back, um, 2008 is, is the year that was kind of Mm -hmm. the year that things hit me. And, but if I'm being totally honest up until that point, it really like what what led me in that direction was probably vanity, mm-hmm. and was probably a desire to just be skinny. Like that was it. Like I, I've always had a curvy body, and I thought, okay, I mean, it was a constant, constant. Okay, this is the year. I'm just, I'm just gonna be skinny. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try drinking lemonade for ten days. I'm gonna try counting this. I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do doubles at the gym if I need to. It was kind of this, truthfully, it was an unhealthy desire to just because because it took such a focus of my life Mm -hmm. and um i remember just a very distinct plea to heavenly father that if he would just show me the secret like what was the secret to being skinny that i promised that i would share it with the world Mm -hmm. and um i had a very profound experience with the spirit where the lord said charity when you're ready to be healthy and not just skinny. I have things that I that I'm going to teach you.
0: Mhm.
1: And it was humbling and it was hard and I had to kind of change my way of thinking and and I finally was ready and I was like, "Okay, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to put away the skinny and to get onto the healthy train." Now, that's a fine line. I mean, it's still mm-hmm. even even now for me some days I'm like, "Okay, where where am I? Like check back in. Do I just want to be skinny or do I really want to be healthy?" Mm-hmm. And um That's what kind of led me. And so I delved, I mean, hardcore into everything health and wellness and nutrition. And I became very, very passionate and consumed about disease Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of, How is it possible? Can you prevent disease? Are there things that we can do? Especially, I had four little children at the time. I'm like, are there changes that I could make for me and my family that could at least somewhat help us um, prevent disease? And so I became certified as a nutritionist. I started teaching what are called food for life classes. I applied. I became an instructor. Mm -hmm. And um, my nightstand was always overflowing with books about health and nutrition and cancer. Mm -hmm. And so... I was predominantly teaching something called the cancer, the cancer project classes. It was just all about looking at science and are there things that we can do that can kind of prepare us in a way by eating a little bit healthier. Mm -hmm. And this was my life. And people would ask me regularly, they're like, okay, Charity, like what got you started? And I was like, I just, there's just, there's something in my soul. Like I could not describe it, but... I could not get enough. I decided then, um, after a few years, that I wanted to get my master's in nutrition science, and I felt really drawn down that road. But mm-hmm. it was it was so daunting and so scary, and I faced the adversary many, many times um, leading up to trying to get into graduate school. Mm-hmm. And so the about two weeks before I was actually going to start graduate school, which took a lot of preparation. I had to do prerequisites because my bachelor's degree was in accounting. So I didn't have a lot of the science background. So it took about a year doing prerequisites. Mm -hmm. And about two weeks before I was going to start, my husband um, came to me one night after a colonoscopy that day. Mm -hmm. And he said, Honey, I have cancer. Mm-hmm. Still, so, like, man, still emotional. But um, through a series of events, he ended up in emergency surgery and he was diagnosed with stage four. It had already spread to his lungs and his liver. Mm-hmm. And that was um, in August of 2015. So I felt like I had been guided truthfully like this was part this was something that I didn't know was always going to be a part of my future Mm -hmm. um it's just kind of a surreal thing to go through and be like oh so it wasn't about being skinny it was about learning things that I need to learn and that I needed to share with other people and things that I needed to have um to be ready to kind of deal with some of the hardships and so Mm -hmm. so yeah that's that's kind of a little bit about how I how I got started in healthy eating and, and the direction that it took my life. Yeah. I
0: always think that that's so amazing how, I don't want to call Heavenly Father sneaky,
1: <laughs> but <laughs> in a way, he kind of is,
0: right? He's yeah. like, here, I'm going to plant yes. this little seed here, and you're going to think that you're going down this path because of this reason, and then there's like yeah. this huge detour or fork in the road, and you're like, oh... Now I see why.
1: Yeah, and exactly.
0: And instead of being like, "Well, that's a bummer," you're. It's more like, "Oh my gosh, he cares so much about me, and he cares about where my life is going, and he can see the future, so that I can know, so that he can guide me and prompt me and instill in me the things that I need to have." for whatever that future holds. And I think that's such a yeah. beautiful thing. And I think your life yeah. totally shows that in a great and beautiful way. So your husband has been diagnosed with stage four cancer. He was diagnosed in 2015. It's 2018. Yes. How's he doing?
1: Yes. Um, you know what we, we, I just, I even got goosebumps just when you said that, like we are still fighting. Um, mm-hmm. he still has lots of tumors. Um, mm-hmm but we're beating the odds and, and, and we're just celebrating every single little miracle. The fact that his tumors haven't grown tremendously is a miracle. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, man, Meg, I wish I could just be like, Oh yeah, no, he's in remission. We're doing amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the truth is like our trial is very, very real and a part of our everyday life. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it's also lined with tremendous gratitude. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah, so hard days, but um, it gives you a perspective on life that is just really quite quite unique and and one that we're really grateful for. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I think that's so beautiful. And that's something that I've really admired about you as I've followed you on social media is that God is a really important thing in your life, and being positive is something that you really exude. And, and you know, as an outsider, oh, I thank look. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I look in and I'm like, if my husband had stage four cancer, I don't know that I would be as positive and as upbeat as you are, and. So what is it that really keeps you motivated and moving forward and always striving to have that positive attitude in
1: your life? Well, first of all, you're sweet. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's very nice. But I do give a lot of credit to my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy for, he's, he's, he's kind of like my litmus test because he's so positive, it's easy for me to be positive because he lives his life in a way that's like, he's like, you know, he's always lived life to the fullest. He's mm-hmm. always been the one to tell me like, babe, we get one shot at this life. Like mm-hmm. this is before cancer. It's like, we get one shot. Like, let's live it. Like, let's live it the best we can. So mm-hmm. having him, um, you know, he'll say, you know, babe, our future's so bright. I'm mm-hmm. like, how, like, it's just the most amazing thing to hear him say that. So it's easy for me to take that role when he has that role. It was certainly a lot harder if he wasn't, the way mm-hmm. that he is. So that's one element. But the other element is it's a choice. And people can, I, I just say, try it on. Try on the, the feeling of fear and mm-hmm. worry and see how it feels. And, and the truth is it feels terrible. Mm-hmm. Fear is crippling. And it brings me to my darkest moments of, in my closet, like with the light off, lying on the floor crying, like that doesn't feel so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but positivity and living life to its fullest, it just feels so much better. And mm-hmm. and I don't know, so I would say to people like, try it on and, and take 24 hours. If you wanna be fearful and you wanna cry and worry, try mm-hmm. it on for 24 hours. And then try on being cheerful and try on just, just trusting in the Lord. And it just, it feels so much better. Mm-hmm. So it's a choice and you wake up every day and there's plenty of days, Meg, where I wake up and I literally have to decide, like, mm-hmm. are you going to, are you, despite everything, even especially on the chemo days that are just so hard, mm-hmm. where I can see him and he's laying there and he doesn't feel good and which makes me want to lay there and makes me not want to feel good because we're partners and we're one. But. Mm-hmm. Um, you just make the choice where you're like we have one shot at this life it's Mm -hmm. not a dress rehearsal like it's not it's not a pre-performance there's a great quote from elder Holland, and he's like this is it this is real life don't wait for it Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. savor every minute Mm -hmm. so that's one thing i would just encourage every single person that i meet like just enjoy every moment and i know sometimes I know the grind of life is hard where you're like, man, we're doing laundry. But sometimes I'm like, I look at my husband's laundry. I'm like, I am so grateful I have his laundry to mm-hmm. do. Like it mm-hmm. sounds silly, but I'm like, I look at it there. I'm like, I am so grateful that I'm still doing his laundry. Or we look at the, the other things in life that might seem mundane and cleaning our house where you're like, how grateful I am that I have a house. Mm-hmm. And how grateful that I, I am that I have kids, even if they are fighting or, or whatever it is. But it really is a choice and it really is a perspective that mm-hmm. when you start practicing it and, 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 I don't know, like embracing it as a skill even to be like, okay, I'm just going to choose to be positive no matter what. It becomes mm-hmm. contagious and it fills your life with a peace and a joy and a love for life that becomes addicting.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So awesome how you say that. And I think that the line of um, work that you're in and the passions that you have is kind of portrays the same thing, right? Like we are what we put into our bodies. Like if we want to be healthy physically, we put good things into our bodies. If we want to be healthy emotionally, then we put good thoughts and good um, things into our brains so that that is what we produce and that's the results that we see in our life. And I think you so beautifully articulated that. So thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. I just, I just think it's so awesome that, um, that you talk about being a partner with him and that he's so positive. Um, We in the last, well, when we, as we're recording this now, it was just like two weeks ago, my father-in-law passed away from leukemia and oh, I'm so sorry, yeah. And but you know what? Oh. He was such a positive person, and it made all the difference in his disease process, really, because he really did yeah. live a very full, happy life despite his disease and and that's one of the beautiful things and gifts that he's given to us as his family I think is that he had such a great attitude and that's a gift that your husband is giving to you on a daily basis and to your children is to have that great attitude and that really does make a huge difference in dealing with you know chronic yeah it's huge
1: and it is is a gift like you said and and like for us with our kids we, we want life to feel normal and Humor is mm-hmm. a part of our normal and Dan, mm-hmm. Dan will play the cancer card so like humorously like he's like hey kids who can get me a glass of water your dad has cancer right mm-hmm. and like just to be, to be able to <laughs> joke and 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 have it not be this elephant in the room that nobody's talking about and but at the same time not talking about it all the time because it doesn't define him it doesn't define us even though it's such a presence in our life
0: right that's awesome. So, one of the things I've noticed in your healthy eating and kind of in helping to make sure that your husband's eating well and feeding and fueling his body with good and healthy things, which is something that you're super passionate about is that you make bread, sourdough bread, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, in yes. our like health crazy world right now, they a lot of people would call bread like the devil. Like it's totally (laughs) Al-Qaeda.
1: Gluten is the new (laughs)
0: Al-Qaeda. Right. And so I just think it's really interesting. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's a healthy eater and she eats bread. (laughs) That is so awesome. So I want you to kind of talk my carbophobic listeners down off of a ledge and really sell us on carbs today and why they are so important in healthy eating. Can you explain that? Okay.
1: Well, let me, yes, I would, I would love to. And I'm going to, I'm going to back up a little mm-hmm. and I'm going to teach you some of the things that I learned about health and nutrition from cancer. Okay. So there was a time in my life where I was so strict, like so strict. Like if it was bad, I didn't want to eat it. And and then Dan got diagnosed with cancer and it was like, okay, we're going to get rid of everything bad and he's going to juice every day and we going to eat plants every day and we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to mm-hmm. get rid of this. And it became, and we did that. I mean, we did that for a year I and mean, he was, he was amazing mm-hmm. and he, he was vigilant and he let me be vigilant. And then after a year, you kind of go, oh, the the cancer's still here. Mm-hmm. Huh? Okay. And then we took another year trying different things and and I would research I researched keto, and we tried keto for five months, and I researched this, and we did this for a while and then, after the second year, we're like, "Oh, well, cancer's still here, mm-hmm. and he's exhausted, and I'm exhausted." Mm-hmm. and kind of made a decision that it was almost not not an official decision, but that I let go of the reins and let this was actually probably after about a year and a half where mm-hmm. where it was like. He he didn't want the reins to be so tight. And I was sick of the reins being so tight. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of, you know, I realized quite truthfully and and on a personal level that stress about food can be just as bad as just eating the bad food. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Like people could be eating super healthy, but the stress that it causes in their life... Could be just as detrimental, Mm -hmm. and so I'm a big believer in finding finding the balance in your life. Mm -hmm. There are so many diets out there. There are so many food fads out there, Mm -hmm. and um, so I did go through school. I did get my master's in nutrition science, and the craziest thing, Meg, is I had to analyze published studies like. Qualified, well done, published studies mm-hmm. that completely contradicted themselves. Mm-hmm. As a nutritional professional, you're like, how in the world do everyday people go through this stuff that's out there, that's on the internet, that's on Instagram, and how did they kind of sift through all of the junk when even professionals contradict themselves? Mm-hmm. So, I've decided that you know I kind of would love to be a voice of clarity and a voice of reason. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to healthy living, um, here's what science has taught us, that every diet works. Whether it's a diet I believe in or not, or I like, or I completely don't agree with mm-hmm. every diet works after 12 months you can look at the science and they will all be within one or two pounds of weight loss with each other so mm-hmm. the takeaway is it's just being consistent right that's really mm-hmm. where it comes from it's just being able to consistently do something over and over for a long period of time mm-hmm. well for me that comes to sustainability. Like, mm-hmm. so I have these pillars that I'll talk to people, and I'm like, why don't you test whatever plan it is, whatever diet is that you're going to start? And um, so you and I talked that this is going to air in January. Mm-hmm. So January is a time where a lot of people are gung ho. Like, they, their adrenaline's there. They're they're ready. They are committed. So all I would say is one of the very first pillars that I would love them to test whatever it is that they're doing is on sustainability. Mm-hmm. Could they do what they're doing for a year? for five years, for 10 years. Mm -hmm. If not, it's not a lifestyle, right? It's not, it's Mm -hmm. a program. And people are really drawn to programs and they'll spend a lot of money on programs. And there might be a place, like I'm not saying that there's not a place. Sometimes we are like, I just need to get back on track. Mm -hmm. I love that, right? Anything that's going to help them get back on track. But the big caveat here is science says that if it's a diet, that they will end up falling off and putting back on the weight. Mm -hmm. So that's where carbs come in. For me, I'm like, like carbs taste good and they're 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 energy for our body and they fuel our brain like Mm -hmm. and a a life with no carbs to me sounds absolutely terrible and a lot of times people use they 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 put carbs they'll put an apple in the same category as a cupcake Mm -hmm. or an oreo and you're like yeah i those they shouldn't be in the same category like Mm -hmm. one we should limit and one we should not limit Mm -hmm. So it's just learning the things that that can work. And I think that carbs are one of those things that keep us sustainable. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was, for me, it was one of those things with bread in particular. It became this creative outlet, but it also became one of the only things that Dan could eat on a chemo day. Like Mm -hmm. he would come home and be like, there there was nothing that he wanted to eat. And now your listener might be like, oh, she probably is talking about all whole grain, fresh ground wheat sourdough. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, Sometimes I make that and sometimes I don't right. like sometimes it, more often. It's just the plain old white stuff mm-hmm. that, and, and most of the loaves that I make, um, they leave my house. They're a way for me to tell somebody I love you, or I've been mm-hmm. thinking about you, or I'm sorry your dad died, or I'm glad you moved into the neighborhood mm-hmm. or I'm happy you just got engaged or whatever it is. Brett has this amazing way of connecting humanity in a way that I've never seen anything else. Mm-hmm. Be able to send the message of connection and love the way a warm loaf of bread can do mm-hmm. so that was it I mean that was it like is the bread is the sourdough bread this uber healthy bread mm-hmm. no like this morning I had a choice between sourdough bread and sprouted wheat bread and I had sprouted wheat bread because it was healthier for me mm-hmm. but there's still a place in our life for the things that taste good and feel good mm-hmm. um, however I have tremendous empathy for people that can't stop eating like where food is, their, food is their love, food is their outlet, food is their numbing source, right? So for them, I have a tremendous amount of caution also where you're like, if this food triggers in you an insatiable desire to eat, then don't eat the sourdough bread. Like stay away from it. When people say balance, sometimes I cringe because I'm like, yes, I believe in balance, but at what cost? When people say moderation in all things, I cringe because I'm like, really? Like I don't think Dan should be drinking diet coke moderately right now. Mm -hmm. Like I just don't. His body's fighting off and using every element of its his immune system to fight a disease. Mm -hmm. I really don't want to put chemicals in his body that I don't think are going to help him with that battle. Now. Does that mm-hmm. say like if he wants one every once in a while? Well, of course. Like, yeah. So mm-hmm. in some ways I feel like I'm talking out of two sides of my mouth because the message is, is different. But it's everybody is unique. So that prayer that I had for Heavenly Father to show me the one secret answer. Well, I've learned now as a nutritional professional, there's not one answer. Mm-hmm. There's not one answer because food food is such a different a different element for for different people why they're eating how they're eating when they're eating Mm -hmm. it's very very different and so people need their basic tools right like I'm one of those people that you know I don't care what diet you're on what plan you're on like just please be eating enough fiber especially mm-hmm. with colon cancer science shows us like, yeah, you, you, how much fiber people eat, if they're not eating enough fiber, that food is not moving through their system. It's becoming stagnant in their colon and it's creating toxins. Mm-hmm. So fiber is a big one that people will hear me talk about. Um, gut health is a big deal to me, which is why, like, it's why I'm the co-founder of a probiotic company. And, mm-hmm. um, so as far as carbs go or fats go or proteins go, um, I don't know. I go back. I really go back to the things that our grandmothers would have told us, right? Just the same old food that Grandma would have said to be eating. Mm -hmm. And in the end, um, we're we're over-consuming. Most of the time, Mm -hmm. we are we are overdoing it. We worry, you know. We people like, oh, I'm not getting enough protein. I'm not getting enough this. I'm not getting enough this. Yeah, no. Usually, we're getting too much of things, and that's why we've got an obesity epidemic, and that's why we've got so many food-related diseases. Mm-hmm. Heart disease is the number one cause of death in this country, and heart disease is preventable and reversible. Like, mm-hmm. it's an epidemic, and, and I don't know. I, I, have such, I have so many mixed emotions because I feel like, Let's say there's somebody that the only love they get is from food. Now, this is going to sound crazy to people because they're like, well, if love isn't food. And I go, well, hold on a second. There are pleasure centers of the brain that when they are triggered, they give us happiness. Mm-hmm. We all know, like every one of us will have a food that we know when we when we eat it, we're like, oh, yeah, yes, mm-hmm. that, that makes me feel good, right? That's my comfort food. Mm-hmm. And so for me to look at somebody that's 400 pounds and be like, yeah, you need to not eat that again. What if that's the only comfort that they're getting in their life? What if not one neighbor knows that they're alive? What if they have no human interaction? What if, right, like what if there's pain in their life? And so sometimes they go, yeah, we need to be eating better. But first and foremost, we need to be loving better and harder and stronger and reaching out to people and filling that element of their life with love and friendship and ministry so that the food doesn't need to be filling the void that's been created by their day-to-day life. Mm
0: -hmm. I hope that makes sense, what I'm saying. I love it. I love all of it. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to ask her this and this. this. (laughs) Um, But I think you bring up a really good point that we as a society kind of have vilified food. Like, it's become yes. this villain instead of this intricate working part of our life that helps us live a really good and full life and complete life. And yeah. I think yes. that that's what you're striving for, right? Is like use food to make your life enhanced. its It shouldn't be your life. Food shouldn't be your life. Like it shouldn't be the main thing that you're focused on, but it can definitely enhance and make your life better. And I think that's yeah. just a great way to look at it.
1: Like I feel like everybody on this planet has a purpose like likely multiple multiple purposes i'm Mm -hmm. i'm you know as i get older i'm realizing i have purposes now that i didn't have before that i you know like there's a time in the season for everything but this i will say and i i believe it very very passionately food can help you on your on your path but food can very well hinder you also Mm -hmm. and and that might not make sense to people but i'm telling you meg like if I indulge, let's say I indulge, let's say one of my purposes is to be an attentive mother or a mediocre mother at that. And I indulge um, in a big old fat hot fed sundae or a big giant piece of cheesecake and that triggers me to be like, well, I've had the cheesecake. I might as well have some pie and I might as well have that cookie I was saving for later. And like I really overdo it. I'll tell you right now, I will be in a sugar-induced coma or lethargy within 30 minutes Mm -hmm. and that night I don't I don't want to have family prayer I'm tired kids tuck me in like I don't want to be attentive I don't want to read a bedtime story like I'm Mm -hmm. tired I got no energy Mm -hmm. and so I believe it's like the adversary sometimes especially with LDS people goes you know what I've learned a really incredible secret I don't need these guys to like, <laughs> I don't need them to steal or lie or cheat. Mm-hmm. I actually just need them to feel so numb or have such little energy that that will prevent them from fulfilling some of the purposes that they were meant to fulfill.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely think that food is the LDS drug of choice. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, because yeah, you yeah. go to
0: every gathering and there's always food. But one of my friends brought up a really good point because we were talking about dieting and some of the extremes that people are going to. And she says, you know, in the scriptures, the Savior talks about sitting down and breaking bread with yeah. those that he loved and that food was an integral part of his life and teaching of the gospel. I mean, we partake of the sacrament, which is bread every week. It's the bread of life, right? We equate it to his body. And so there is something. I loved what you said when you were talking about how bread is such a bonding and unifying tool, you know, in the world to bring people together and to celebrate and to, Um, just be, I don't know, friends friends and family and to enjoy and be grateful. And yet we, it's just another little tactic of Satan, right? Where he's vilified the food in the world so that we become so focused on that instead of the things that we really should be focusing on, which is what you were saying, loving others, extending ourselves to others, ministering to others, being understanding yeah. and non judgmental. And yet, how many of us, I mean, I know I'm guilty of this myself, where I feel like I go to, say, a party or an activity and I'm like, I can't take what I really want to eat because somebody's going to think, like, you shouldn't be eating that. Like, that's a carb yeah. or that, yeah. <laughs> that's too I know. sugary it's so or, crazy. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: these little narratives inside our head. I know. Mm-hmm. I
0: know. Yeah.
1: So, and it is something I do. Like, I also really do feel feel, like, we do need to be vig- vigilant in terms of, like, I don't know how to say this. It, we can't just set it and forget it. We mm-hmm. can't just be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm just not going to worry about it. Here's kind of here's kind of how I feel about the, the physical and the spiritual. Mm-hmm. I do things every day to try to keep my spirit strong, right? Many of us do. We, we pray. We read the scriptures. We do things because we want our spirit to stay strong. Mm-hmm. Um, there's There's the law of thermodynamics. Okay, the second law of thermodynamics says that things tend to go from a state of order to a state of chaos or disorder, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I believe that to be true also about our bodies. And here's Mm -hmm. what I mean by that, that if we are not as vigilant in taking care and staying focused as in the physical element of things that we will go from a state of order to state of disorder. Meaning Mm -hmm. sometimes people are like, they get on a program or they're super, super diligent. And then they, we call it falling off the wagon or whatever. That's Mm -hmm. where we kind of fall from a state of order to state of disorder. And so my point is that we do actually need to regularly check in with our physical and be like, what are, are we doing that? Are we maintaining it? Are we exercising? Are we eating vegetables? Are we doing things like, it needs to be part of our day to day the same way um, being spiritually fed is part of our day to day. I hope that makes sense meaning yeah. we can't just let it, we, we can 't just let it ride let we'll 's just let it take care of itself it 's something that right. needs to be at the forefront where we, we are mastering ourselves. We are acting, and we are not being acted upon regularly in the physical as well as the spiritual.
0: Yeah. I mean, that makes total sense, right? Because we're asked to read our scriptures and pray daily, right? But that's something that we have to like, you know, we have to physically pick up the scriptures and we have to look at them. We have to read them and we have to feast upon them. And the same is true for our physical bodies where we have to get up, we have to go to the gym or we have to go out and take a walk or we have to, you know, prepare healthy food and really think about the things that we're putting into our mouth. Um, And the results that we want to see from those decisions. And it really goes back to how small and simple things, you know, equate
1: great things in the future. Yes. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be huge. You know, when I work with people, sometimes I'll just tell them, I'm like, it's just doing better. Mm-hmm. Small small little tiny things like, you know, make sure you got your water today or like make sure you ate a fresh fruit or a fresh vegetable today. Like it can it can be simple things. A lot of times people want something strict or they want a defined program. But yeah, it is really the small little things that can can over time have the, the biggest impact.
0: hmm Yeah okay so i want to jump into this question because it's kind of the focus of who my listenership is and i think that everything that you've said has been so amazing and just so much i hope everybody goes back and re-listens to this but you are living in a circumstance in your life with your husband who has sickness and then you also have this passion for healthy eating and you have all of these things that you want to do um, with your life but i feel like a lot of times women out there Sometimes let their circumstances dictate what they will and will not do. Because some people may say, Hey, my husband has cancer. I'm going to curl up in a ball and I'm going to, you know, just focus on that and not focus on anything else and not try and continue to improve myself and go after my passions and dreams because this is such a focus for me right now. But what do you Mm -hmm. have to say to that? Because you're yes, you are focused on your husband and you are focused on his disease and helping him, but you're still going after the things that you want to, the things that you're passionate about, the things that you have dreams for. So what advice do you have for people who may be, say, in a very similar situation as you or just afraid for different reasons and different circumstances?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's such a great question. And it's something that I, um, it was something I, it took me a long time to develop and to be okay with. Mm-hmm. I am, a, I'm just a naturally, I'm a fairly ambitious person. I love to read. I love to absorb information. I have lots of passions, lots of dreams. Um, but I was always taught, um, and, and probably rightly so that, that a woman's, one of her greatest accomplishments is to rear children. And mm-hmm. you and I joked like, we're children that don't grow up to be serial killers. We're like, okay, mm-hmm. that's part. Of, that's part of my job, and and I I do believe that that's truth. But I believe that there's a lie that the adversary works into that truth, and the lie is that that's the only thing that I should be doing. That mm-hmm. that's it. That that my kids need to be all consuming. And mm-hmm. for a long time, I I kind of succumbed to that lie. And what I have since learned is that our souls crave progress mm-hmm. it's it's an eternal principle there's no getting away from it we crave progress mm-hmm. and every single one of us came to this earth with different interests and different talents and and it was things that we developed in the pre-mortal life so mm-hmm. we actually did develop gifts and talents there or we were given gifts and talents there mm-hmm. that we were um, really supposed to kind of Delve into and grow and and kind of have those be part of this life, and so I remember, I remember Meg. I said to my husband, I said I want to start teaching these healthy classes, cooking classes, and luckily he's always been supportive. And I've always delved into something. I, I did taxes for a while, and then I had a little jewelry business for a while, and then I had an eBay business for a while, and then I had. Um, I got into real estate for a while, all all while I was still working at home. I mean, while I was still in the home. And there were little mm-hmm. tiny things that I would do on the side. But I said, I'm going to apply to be a food for life instructor. Mm-hmm. And I, I submitted my application and no one from Utah had ever been selected. And mm-hmm. I sent it out and I got selected. And mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. And I had to fly out to Washington, D.C. to be trained to be the food for life instructor. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I got home, my brain was flooded with these thoughts. You are a mother. Shame on you. Shame on you for wanting to do anything other than be a mother. Are your kids not important enough? What are you teaching them? On top of that, you are not thin enough. No one is going to listen to you. You are, you are not smart enough. No one is going to listen to you. Like it was this overwhelming period of time in my life. And the only reason it was overwhelming was because I believed it. Mm -hmm. I believed all of it. Mm -hmm. And so I I said to Dan, I said, you know what, honey, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. And he was like, what? No, you need me. The kids need me. And I'll tell you what happened at that period of my life. It is the only time in my entire life that I feel like I experienced depression. Something Mm -hmm. happened to me. I, I can't even describe it. I didn't want to get out of bed for the first time in my life. Normally, I get up at five and like jump out of bed. I'm an early bird. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to, I just, I, I can't even describe exactly what happened, but it, there was a darkness there. And now I recognize it as I was being acted upon and I was choosing to go against something that God had placed into my path and that I had asked for. I mm-hmm. had asked for this in my life. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until I fought against all of those thoughts and I was like okay like I can do this and I want to do this and I'm I'm supposed to do this I have things that I've been given I'm supposed to share and I'm supposed to go and teach mm-hmm. and once I was brave enough and once the courage took hold The light came in and the darkness left. Mm -hmm. And so any women, their circumstances might be different. You know, when my kids were little, it was not the right time and it was not the right place for me to be writing a book and going doing public speaking and trying to build a brand and build a company. It just wasn't the right time and the right place. But Mm -hmm. I never stopped learning. I was always, always delved into education of some sort, my own education, like meaning, find a book, find a blog, find something that you're passionate about, whether it's quilting or baking or photography or blogging. I mean, I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Or or maybe it's even bigger than that. Maybe it's astrophysics. Maybe it's like neuroscience. Like it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be small. It can be as big. It's just very, very individual. But here are the clues that you are on path. Mm-hmm. One is the spirit. The spirit should be there. Mm-hmm. Number two is for me, it felt exciting. Like mm-hmm. I could feel like electricity kind of going, going through me, but it also felt scary. There was also definitely an opposition and adversary there. Mm-hmm. And it felt from between me and my husband, it felt harmonious. It mm-hmm. felt like when I would go to him and I'd be like, honey, I think this is something that I want to do or, or, and and gosh, when money was involved, like, that was scary. Like, for me, I was like, you, like, I just finished this public speaking training, and it was expensive. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't even know that I'm worth this money to spend on this. But my husband was like babe like of course like do this this is like this is the next thing you're supposed to do and so it did feel harmonious now mind you there might be toxic relationships out there and they're like no this is not harmonious I'm just saying for me Mm -hmm. it did feel harmonious Mm -hmm. so all I would say to, to women out there is you were designed to be great and you were designed to progress And to develop gifts and talents and passions that you will share with your children and your grandchildren, but you can also share with your community and you can also share with humanity. Mm -hmm. Like it is not limited to the bounds of your home. It's Mm -hmm. it's limitless in today's day and age of who you can reach and who you can touch with your gifts and your talents. Mm-hmm. So overcome the fear and put one foot in front of the other. And you might not know what that is going to look like. I certainly did not. Um, I certainly had no idea 10 years ago that this would be part of where I am at today. But it's following those little tiny thoughts and those little tiny inklings that come to your mind that make you unique. So mm-hmm. I would say listen to them and do the things that, that make you scared and, and live a life of purpose and a life of joy and savor every single minute of it
0: yeah so great oh my gosh i couldn't have put it any better and i think you really touch on some really important things like and some really fundamental things that we as women in the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints need to really come to realize is that god is not the source of fear like he there's even a scripture about it right i remember president hinckley quoting it like god is not fear he's like power and love that is who he is And so when we're feeling afraid or we're feeling like we're in a dark place, that does not come from God. That goes against our natures as children of God, right? And that's why we feel that awful darkness, because it's not us living up to our divine potential and our divine inheritance that we each have a right to as women. And, um you know, Satan will be the one that is constantly telling you that you are only supposed to be a mother, that you, I I truly, when you were talking about that, I was like, that's totally from Satan. He was taking a truth Uh and twisting it just Uh a little bit, you know, and to think that God put you on this earth just for the only purpose of raising another generation, you know, to For them to be great, but you lose yourself in that process. I know we talk about losing ourselves, and that's not really what I'm talking about in the sermons in the sense of finding ourselves, but I right. think losing yourself means giving what you have to others like giving that away that's how you lose it yeah. right in a very healthy and positive way. so you just put that so beautifully so thank you oh thank you <laughs> so. Charity is a great example, my listeners, that if you are in a situation what you, that you don't think is ideal and you may be feeling down about things, like that is not where you need to be and you need to find the light that God has for you and the purposes that he has for each of your life. And I, I do, I think I was born with that. You know, you say it, you were kind of like born with this like desire and it's innate within you to like be look at healthy foods and to do that. And my innate desire is to really help women find their potential. Like I have felt that ever since I was little, you know, like I believe in you, like you're amazing. Like you are great. And, um, every woman is great. Yeah. What
1: a gift you have. That's, That's so wonderful and so needed.
0: Yeah. And I just hope that everybody can really get on board with that and believe them about believe that about themselves you know because it's a struggle for all of us it's even a struggle for me it's not like I'm like yes I think I'm so great all of the time (laughs) Uh, right I still struggle with that so well I appreciate you so much sharing everything that you shared with us today and I one of the things I just love about you is your energy and your vibrance so I wanted to do something kind of fun (laughs) that I'm starting with my um I'm starting in this new year with my uh, interviewees and that is a rapid fire questioning and see what you okay. come up with. Okay. So I'm excited <laughs> to hear what you say. Okay. So I have, how many do okay. I have? One, two, three, four. I have five questions. So don't okay. overthink it. Just the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay? okay. So we've been talking about food. So what is your favorite indulgent food?
1: Sugar. It doesn't matter any
0: source. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, just give it to me straight.
1: Baked t- goods. Honestly, it's baked goods. If somebody has uh-huh. pulled something out of their oven that is a, a treat, that would be my, my go-to. My husband's uh-huh. would be ice cream. Mine would be something that's come out of the oven.
0: Okay. Awesome. Okay. Number two, something that scares you.
1: Um, Being alone. Losing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being, being alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that's a pretty big one for a lot of people, actually. Nobody wants to be alone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number three, your favorite place that you've ever been?
1: France. France. Uh, Everything France.
0: Yeah. Where in France, specifically? Do you have a favorite place? Oh,
1: gosh. Um, I don't have a favorite place. We've been lucky enough to go um, numerous times. I'll be going again in a couple weeks. I learned French when I was a little girl in Canada. Uh So there's just something about... A, being on vacation, because Vacation Charity, she's really fun, and she kind of lets loose a little. Uh-huh. I need to go on vacation <laughs> so, with you. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, um, yeah, like my we joke, because my day-to-day, I'm fairly scheduled. My husband will lovingly somewhat call me rigid, and so mm-hmm. Vacation Charity, she's not rigid. She's fun. Um, so obviously, being on vacation, and then the, the food, and the pastries, and the language, and the cob- cobblestone streets and the architecture I don't know I just all all, I love I love France my husband would say Hawaii that's his favorite place Uh on the planet is Hawaii so Uh we have to balance between (laughs) between the two
0: that's awesome our family went to France how many years ago about three years ago we took our kids over there for three weeks and we went around France and it was super awesome my favorite place in France is normandy the normandy region which is so gorgeous oh my gosh yes
1: (laughs) i yes i loved it
0: yeah i loved it up
1: there yeah yeah. it's it's fun luckily like my my husband is kind of addicted to um sky miles uh-huh. And like bonus points and and I'm the beneficiary of whenever we have enough, we get to go somewhere. Which
0: That's awesome. <laughs> well, good. I'm excited for yeah. you to go to France soon. So that'll yeah. be great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Number four, rank the seasons in order from favorite to least favorite.
1: Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, least favorite is winter, even though I'm Canadian. Mm-hmm. I, it is. Um, I'm going to say, oh, summer, fall, summer spring, winter, but really it's summer, spring, and fall are all equal, and Mm -hmm. winter is just way down at the bottom. (laughs)
0: Okay. Well, you're honest, and I think you're probably in the 80 percentile there with most people. Yeah. Yes. Unlike you. (laughs) Unlike me, who's like, give me snow, give me darkness. I'm good.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Last one. If you could have dinner with anyone living or dead, who would it be and why?
1: Oh, my goodness. Um, oh this I'm it's just so cliche. Like the first thing that came to my mind was the prophet. Like mm-hmm. yeah, President Nelson. Mm-hmm. Um um uh, Mother Teresa would be maybe another one, like mm-hmm. just a strong, powerful woman. Mm-hmm. Um and like some of some of, this is going to sound so crazy. I'm I'm a little obsessed with family history. Mm-hmm. And if I could spend all day sitting at a computer doing family history, I probably would. Mm-hmm. But I um, have felt a tremendous connection to some of my ancestors that I never knew, but I know that I somehow know them. Mm-hmm. I would love to sit down and, and just be like, oh, I always knew we knew each other and, mm-hmm. and have dinner. That's and awesome. sourdough bread.
0: That's right. Yeah. What would you eat at that dinner? I'm sure sourdough bread would be on the menu. So
1: definitely, definitely <laughs> sourdough bread. Definitely. I don't even know if I need anything else. Oil, vinegar, sourdough bread.
0: <laughs> yeah, hopefully they're Italian. And they'll appreciate. Yeah.
1: that. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. I am so excited for my listeners to listen to this and learn all of the little bits of wisdom that you had to impart. It was enlightening for me and I learned a lot and I'm excited to go back and listen to it and edit it and learn even more as I redigest all of your words. So it is the new year. I know people are excited and motivated to eat healthy and do better with their lifestyle choices. So where can my listeners find you and see all of the goodness that you have to share with them?
1: Oh, well, okay. So the first place is probably Instagram. That's because it's just quick and easy. Mm-hmm. So my Instagram is A Vibrant Life, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just A Vibrant Life. Okay. And then I will be developing a website, but that's more for my new book, which will be coming out. And that's just going to be charitylighten.com. And that will be about seven skills that can change your life. Mm-hmm. And then the company, people can also reach out to my company, which is silverfernbrand.com
0: silver fern brand fern. That, yeah, yeah fern.
1: silverfernbrand.com okay
0: okay well there's lots of places to check her out so definitely go check her out she has some really awesome looking recipes on her website of vibrantlife.com and you definitely want to get in on her energy and enthusiasm so check her out on instagram for sure and then you'll be able to have all the latest updates Thanks so much, Charity. I appreciate your willingness to be on my podcast today and for everything oh, thank that you talked you. about. Oh,
1: thank you. Thanks for the great conversation. That was awesome. Great. Fun for me.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk to you later.
1: Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Okay, friends. Was that just not amazing? She, I think, has the perfect last name, quite frankly. Lighten, because I think she just had is light she is a total burst of light and sunshine and she does it in such a real way she's really real and so it's not like she's putting on some fake happiness i really see this come through with her and i hope that you felt this in this interview i am going to just kind of review a couple things that i thought were really amazing that she said Um, She talked about how inspiration from the Holy Ghost can really light us up, and following God's plan for us does that. And you can see that in her. She is following the plan that God has laid out for her, and it has blessed her in so many ways, and it just radiates from her, and it is just powerful. I loved when she said, God's plan is greater than our plan in magnificent ways. That is so true. True. Man, that's a hard one sometimes though to remember, right? Because when you're going through some things that are difficult and maybe some trials that you don't totally understand and you're in the thick of it, it can be really hard to see the bigger picture. And I think that that's one of the things that I appreciate so much about believing in God and that he does exist. I was just listening to um, a devotional by Elder Christofferson that he gave at BYU, Idaho. And I don't know who he was quoting exactly, but this person that he was quoting basically said, there is no downfall to believing in God. And I believe that. And I think that Charity just exudes that from her, that she's like, I'm going to believe in God because I know that God's plan is bigger and greater than anything that I could ever imagine. And I'm just so grateful for her example of that. And she is a great example of the choice of happiness, that we get to choose to be happy. And she's also an example of living your life to the fullness in every moment. She talked about her trip to France that she was going on when we were recording the interview, and she has gone on that trip. And she just seemed to have such a great time and it was just, she was so grateful for it. And she's like, this is such a gift. And I'm so happy that that trip was such a great thing with her husband. Um, she also talked a little bit about health, which in the new year, we're all really into that. And I think that that is something that she gives some great advice on, you know, that all diets work, and you just have to stick to them, but it's moderation in all things and that you just have to decide to be consistent, right? And that's just really anything in life and how it is how we make our goals is when we are consistent. So choose something and be consistent in it and see the power in the consistency. Um, did you catch the part about the loaf of bread? One of my favorite parts, you know, that that there is so much power in a loaf of bread. And I don't think that it's a mistake that the Savior uses bread, as I talked about a little bit in the podcast, as a way to talk about how he ministered, like that we're supposed to break bread together, that we're supposed to sit down and enjoy those things of life. And I just loved her take on that. I especially loved her take on the lie about motherhood because this is what I am doing in my mission as a life coach and in putting this podcast out here. And there's going to be some changes to the podcast that are going to be coming up in the next little bit. And it is all driving to put this lie to rest and to really fight this lie that Satan has put into, I think, our culture and made us believe that, well, yes, the truth is, is that motherhood is our main purpose here on earth. It is a grand calling. It is one of the most important things that we will ever do, but it is not the only purpose that we have as women. And I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but I truly do believe that God is going to need his women to be righteous influences in the world, to be out there, to be um, sharing truth, sharing the gospel, spreading our goodness and our talents and our efforts in many good ways. And We can't do that solely by being hidden in our homes, Um, and we need to be able to have avenues to do that outside of our homes, to be able to share our talents with others. And that's why I love highlighting people like Charity because these are all women who are members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who have deep testimonies and convictions about the gospel And they are trying to live the life that God intends them to be. And for all of them that I've interviewed, yes, they are mothers. Yes, that is their number one priority, but they also have purposes outside of motherhood. And they are going after that and they are making a difference in the world. And so I wanna help you do that. And so definitely be tuning in because there's gonna be some awesome stuff coming up. I wanted to share with you that Charity talked about her um, business called Silver Fern. Um, It's a health business and she is offering my listeners a 20% discount. So go to the show notes for this podcast and you will find how to link to that and you'll be able to try out her products, which would be super fun. All right, everybody, I hope you have an amazing week. I hope all your kids are back in school (laughs) and that you get your house back in order and that you can get Christmas taken down and kind of sigh of relief and relax a little bit and settle into this new year and make it amazing. I love you all and I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.